0: Chris and Chris Talk Movies. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Chris Ferry and of course this is my co-host. My name is Chris Huddleston. And today we are both very excited to be talking to you about the Studio Ghibli film, Princess Mononoke. In time. When gods walk the earth, an epic battle rages between the encroaching civilization of man and the gods of the forest. When the forest has been cleared and the wolves wiped out, this place will be the richest land in the world. Now, the fate of the world rests on the courage of one fearless princess. I'm not afraid to die, and I would do anything to get the humans out of here and one brave warrior. You fight like a demon, boy, like something possessed. What exactly are you here for?
1: To see with eyes unclouded by hate.
0: Now watch closely, everyone. I'm going to show you how to kill a god. Fire! Billy Crudup, Claire Danes, Minnie Driver, Jada Pinkett-Smith,
1: and Billy Bob Thornton. You cannot alter your
0: fate, however. You can rise to meet it if you choose. Princess Mononoke. You have a synopsis for us, Mr. Huddleston.
1: I do, and this is a 1997 film directed by uh, and I'm going to get the pronunciation wrong. Hayo Miyazaki. Is that, am I correct on that? You think? I don't know. Something like that. I don't know what is beeping on my, it sounds like a reasonable thing. Uh, yes. And so we watched the, the dubbed version with, uh, a bunch of Hollywood actors. We, I could not find a, a subtitled one. So, um, We've got Claire Danes, Billy Bob Thornton, Jillian Anderson, Billy Crudup, Minnie Driver, Jada Pinkett Smith. Pinkett Smith. I think there's some other people probably in there. And so, I this is the Rotten Tomatoes synopsis, and I I kind of like this: A prince becomes involved in the struggle between a forest princess and the encroachment of mechanization. Sure, <laughs> I like that. So. Sure. Uh, what it, you had? This was not a first time watch for you, but wh- what do you? What did you
0: think about this? Well, but you had this was a first time watch. It was. You, right? I own it. I've seen it many times. So why don't you start? So,
1: um, I don't want to disappoint you because I know you you like this, but I th- I thought the the from a technical achievement standpoint, it's fantastic. The the animation is is beautiful. Um. And for the most part, I, I I wonder a little bit if we'd gotten to see this um, subtitled rather than dubbed. I thought the voice acting was good. Like I liked Billy Bob Thornton, and I thought Minnie Driver was was really great and everything. Billy Crudup as Ashitaka is that how his name is pronounced? That he's the kind of the main hero. He was very understated. Um, now, had you. So you own this? Is what what you own? Is it dubbed as well, or have you seen this
0: subtitled before? I've I've seen it subtitled, but it I, I, I'm I believe I've seen it subtitled, but it's been a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Now I guess I guess I could be mistaken. I feel like the first time I saw this, it was subtitled. But you're right; it's hard to find uh, the original Japanese
1: yeah streaming i couldn't find it anywhere and uh, i w- watched and i i don't know if you watched it on your copy that you have or if you watched it streaming but it's on hbo max so if you have hbo max um you can watch it streaming on there and they have a really they seem to have all of his films on there i think and actually a pretty good anime selection so but but back to the film ex- itself i definitely really enjoyed it on a technical level I had a little bit of trouble getting into it. It was a little, I don't know if weird is the right word, but, um, and I, I always feel a little bit hypocritical about this because I will like, we watched possession a couple of weeks ago, which is an incredibly strange film and I really liked it, but there's, um, I don't know if you ever heard that. I don't know who coined this phrase, but the, there's a somebody famously said it at one point. Um, I I don't know what the definition of pornography is, but I know it when I see it. And I feel I've always had a little bit of a thing of there's good weird and there's bad weird. And I don't know that I could ever be able to to define that. But there are really weird things that I enjoy. And then there are things that are just weird in a in a bad way to me and Mm. and this had a little of that wasn't like i truly disliked it but i just kind of had a hard time i guess maybe i i don't know if it was just the lead that i just had a little bit of trouble connecting with once you got to the um once you got to the later stages of the movie and the and the kind of the battles towards the end and the resolution of all of it i thought all of that was really cool but i think some of the journey along the way it just took me i i don't know if maybe this would need a second watch you know what i mean to just kind of settle into the it's almost a little bit like um uh the Dark Crystal, you know, I don't know how much you liked The Dark Crystal as a kid, but I, that was a movie that I always wanted to like, but I couldn't fully connect to it. You know mm. what I mean? It was just yeah. stra- always strange to me. And and I felt that a, a little bit with this. And uh so I don't know. I, I'm not sure exactly what more to say in that regard. I like it. You know what it also reminded me a little bit of? Have you ever seen the. um When they did the. Uh, fantasia 2000 have you ever watched that before N-
0: fantasia 2000 no
1: mm-hmm. yeah they did a uh you know they had the original fantasia from the 30s or 40s or whatever then they did an updated version where they added in some and it's different from this in that there's not really much of a narrative to it and it all looks really beautiful but it's there's not a whole lot of a story to connect to and, and and not to say that this doesn't have a story, but i just i I just had a hard time getting into it,
0: yeah, I think um I hear that I think I've seen it many times, and I was reminded watching at this time why um Spirited Away is considered the superior movie. I think there's an argument to be made several arguments to be made for that. Um I don't... It's not s- exactly that this lags in the middle. It just... I think it... The storyline tacks to the left and to the right and to the left in the middle uh, a few times in a way that feels... um Arbitrary is not quite the right word, but like I know what happens, right? So I, I the, none of this is a surprise to me. I'm just watching it again, and even watching it this time, I felt, you know. So it's a two-hour movie, and at the end of that, at the end of the film, I thought, yeah, that feels long, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm with it all the way up until really until I'm with it hook, line and sinker all the way up until Jillian Anderson starts talking. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And once the, the wolf, once the, so the, the gods in this are kind of giant animals. There's giant boars. And Jillian Anderson is a, is a, a giant white wolf with two tails who has adopted this human girl, princess Mononoke as her daughter for reasons that are explained. Um, and and then there's this sort of the spirit of the forest that looks sort of like an elk with these crazy horns, but a human face, quasi-human face. And it never speaks, but the other gods have conversations, and there's just something about that that doesn't quite translate, and I don't mean... The voice acting is good, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. There's a couple of times when one of the gods says to one of the, you know, it says to him basically that the male lead, um, leave. And if I ever see you again, I'll kill you. And it comes up a few times, and it feels like we've already seen this scene, although that was a different right. Mm-hmm. And and it it also sort of appears that there's that he switches sides a couple of times, although I don't I don't think ultimately he does he's really just trying to get both sides to stop killing each other Mm -hmm. right he's got his own code he doesn't really have an allegiance to either side he doesn't want to see the gods kill the people and he doesn't want to see the people kill the gods he's sort of arguing like isn't there a way we can all get along kind Mm of um but you know, each side sort of assumes, oh, he's with us, oh, he's with them, and then he kind of intervenes and breaks things up. You know, so it it's it's a long and winding plot. I I I, I don't know why I love it so much. I think it's the design more than anything else. I just from the very beginning you notice, you say, Wow. Oh, this yeah, it's just visually spectacular, and it's animation. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like at the beginning of Prometheus, they went and shot in Iceland or something, and there's that shot with this flying saucer. And just the way the shots are framed and the colors—all it's, it's really spectacular. This is animation, but there's the scope of it feels. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, and it's, it's, it's at a time in feudal, maybe mythical Japan when it's pre-industrial right so what we see is the humans um the humans here have an iron mine and they're smelting iron and you know deforestation and industrialization and mechanization as the (laughs) as the synopsis read um is is not new right we see that in the lord of the rings we see that in but There's also some stuff here that feels very Japanese in a way that I think um, my Western culture-oriented mind doesn't quite get, like the animism and uh, the little forest spirits and stuff. I mean, it's neat, but in terms of latching onto it and saying, oh, this has meaning beyond the wondrous, I think it can leave you feeling a little outside of it, you know? hmm but um yeah i mean uh i can't say i'm surprised <laughs> to hear you say that i think it took me i think it took me a couple of watchings the first time i saw it i go wow that was i've had more or less the same reaction you had uh and then i watched it a second time under some i don't remember what the circumstance was in which I watched it a second time. And the second time I watched it, it really got its hooks in me. I think because I wasn't, I wasn't struggling to compute what was going on. I kind of already knew what happened. And then I started to enjoy it for, I mean, I think some of the performances are really good. I think if you read the cast list, you think, "What? Who cast this mini driver?" Billy Bob Thornton.
1: Yeah, Billy Bob Thornton was an odd choice, but he works with that character. I it worked, like, and Billy know.
0: Crudup. Like, if it, if I hadn't known it was Billy Crudup, I don't think I'd have put my finger on it. Mm-hmm. And Claire Danes, likewise, I don't think I'd have put my finger on that. I don't know. I haven't heard enough of Claire Danes' voice. I don't watch whatever that show is she was recently on. A, um.
1: Jillian Anderson, you recognize immediately, I, I immediately, felt Immediately, like, and know. I thought of, of and like, all of them. And Billy Bob them,
0: Thornton, too, you know. Of all of them, the Jillian Anderson one is probably the most distracting. Mm-hmm. Um, not that she doesn't do a good job. It's just she has such a distinct voice. right? Um, and uh, Peter Callender, right? Is Peter Callender? Mm, I'm not sure. Who plays the boar... Or am I thinking of the wrong actor? Uh, he was just, just in uh, the *Quick and the Dead*.
1: I don't know. On the the cast I, list that I'm showing, I think I'm thinking of the wrong um, actor. But you have—he's uh, great. Peter David is one of the—that's the, who I mean from uh, I mean. *The Thing*. Yeah, he's. Is he the boar? I
0: know he was one of the voices and he's yeah, always he's, great. He's at the end. Yeah. Um, And he sort of narrates it from the very beginning yeah. too. Um, I love his voice. He's got such a great voice. Um, And I think Minnie Driver does a good job as, I love that character of the woman who runs Irontown. Absolutely unapologetic. Yeah. She was really, she was really good. I felt, you know, as a, yeah. And overall, what you get the sense of is that it's just sort of, even the gods say it to one another, humans aren't going to stop doing this. Right. I -hmm. mean, we could kill all of these humans and more humans will come. What you get is just that it's the sort of shifting of an era, you know, an end of an age, the beginning of a, of a more industrialized age. Yeah. Um, i don't know i i
1: was definitely thinking the same thing as you with and i and i often feel this way with um with asian movies or shows there is a show on hulu and a newest show called connect um which i don't know if it's korean or japanese um but it's a sci-fi kind of horror thing. And it's, uh, I've watched two or three episodes of it and it's cool, but it's this guy who he, he, uh, he gets mugged and it's like this, uh, this group of people that are like selling people's organs and they take his eye. And then he, but, but he has sort of like superpowers or something. I, I don't completely understand it, but there's, it's a neat show. But there's times where I'm just kind of like, I don't understand exactly what's going on. And I think it's a cultural thing and it's not dubbed. It's, you know, it's subtitled and, and it's not anime. It's it's a live action thing, but it's really well done. And there's a lot of cool things about it, but there's just times that it's just like, I think it's just, I don't understand this at times because of the cultural aspects of it. Mm-hmm. And I definitely, like you were saying, and I f- I felt that a bit with this, that they're probably you know maybe it's um just japanese history in some way you know that about feudal japan that everybody in japan you know would understand i, I don't know but um and as and and back to the animation you know i felt a little like, disappointed isn't the the word maybe a little bit sad because i love traditional animation and you know this is 25 years old or whatever now so you know this was uh, you, you you were still having lots of traditional uh, hand-drawn Japanese animation, which they're still doing. But you kind of wonder if other than some of the shows that we get, things like Rick and Morty, you know, the Adult Swim kind of shows, that if the Japanese will be the only ones to keep traditional animation alive, um, because... American studios are just aren't doing it as far as, you know, it's all, uh, you know, it's all computer animation. And so you watch this and you kind of feel like, you know, this is almost the peak of, of, at least in terms of Japanese cinema hand-drawn animation because it's just so beautiful you know so i i wish i would have i keep using the word connected but i wish i would have connected to it a little bit more i definitely feel like um you know because there are even though i don't have i don't have tons of experience with anime um you know we watched perfect blue recently and that's a movie that i just love i mean i could probably watch that every couple of years or something i feel the same way about this is where I get into my hypocrisy thing a little is uh I feel the same way about Akira, Akira. I love, and that's a weird movie. And it almost mirrors this a little bit because you have at the end, the, the spirit of the forest or whatever that, beca- you know, they cut its head off and then it becomes these big globs of things that are and Akira is like that where he's just continues to grow and grow and grow and it's taking over everything. So it made me, it reminded me a bit of, of Akira in that way. So, but, but Akira is a weird movie, but I really like it. I think maybe I'm a little bit more inclined towards the more the sci-fi anime than, than
0: uh, the fantasy
1: fantasy. Although I'd like to try more and see what I think of, but, but with his films, he kind of covers genres, right? It's not all, some is modern day, I think. and
0: Oh, yeah. No, there's a lot. The Studio Ghibli really, really has quite a variety of stuff that they do. Um
1: And that's one of the things that I don't want to interrupt you, but that's one of the things that I think is so great about anime is in the United States, we've never really truly moved beyond the idea of Uh, animation being anything other than for children i mean we have pixar that a little bit transcends that you know but still those are kind of geared you know toy story is geared towards you know is is viewed as geared towards kids but i love the idea with anime that that you can tell any story i mean it's just a it's not even so much a a genre as just a method of telling stories and it can be it could be for children or it could be for adults or in anywhere in between.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're right about that for the most part, it's regarded a children's medium here and that's a shame. Um, I, I think one of the other things that I really enjoy about this movie is, um, the depth of the characters, uh, you know, the Billy Bob Thornton character is this sort of monk. He's a mercenary. He's a very slippery guy. Um, and the the further you go through the movie, the more you get to know about this kid, the more interesting I think that character gets. Um the, the other one is the uh elk. So our our male protagonist rides this sort of red elk. And if you're watching, you see it picture behind me. And the elk is is sort of his; it's his mount, but it's also kind of his best friend. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a number of times when that character gets really fleshed out. Right, right in the beginning, there's a one of these boar gods has become infected. It was shot by um, by the the humans have made these flintlock single shot rifles. And uh, so he, they pull an iron ball out of him after, and they realize that's what sort of corrupted his spirit and turned him into this kind of demon with all the, you know, wriggly.
1: <laughs> that was really creepy. I thought that, that yeah. made my skin crawl. Yeah. It's just sort of like covered with worms almost. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, um, and it touches our, our protagonist and they, The the sort of wise woman of his village explains to him that gradually that corruption is going to move up his arm and it'll kill him. So he cuts his hair ceremonially. They all have these long top knots and he cuts his hair and he goes off to seek, you know, what started this whole thing. what, What turned this boar god, forest god, boar into a demon. And we follow him. That's the movie. We follow him as he goes in this quest. Um he meets and falls in love with Princess Mononoke. and he meets the people in Irontown. and right? he he sort of bounces back and forth between all parties. Uh, but right early on, this thing is coming out of the woods, and he's climbed he's hopped off his back and and uh, off his elk's back and has climbed up on this watchtower. And this thing comes out of the woods, this demon, and it's it's coming right for them. And it's going to get the elk. And he's hollering down. He's like, run, run, you know. And the elk is petrified with fear. And I just love the, like, show his fur bristling and everything. And so he, so our hero takes an arrow and shoots an arrow into the wood next to the elk's head, startles him, and he goes running off, you know. mm mm-hmm. And I you know, there's a time later when this he's been hurt and Princess Mononoke is on the elk's back, uh, and uh and our hero sort of is so injured that he slides off, leaving Princess Mononoke being the only one riding the elk, and the elk is bucking, trying to get her off, you know, mm. and there's just so much character. It, yeah. it, the character has no lines, right? It's it's not human. Um it can't talk the way the forest gods do i just i i love the character of i love the mini driver character she's there's a lot to admire about her she's very charismatic she's very good to her people right mm-hmm. i mean she has a bunch of um lepers that she has taken in and they kind of live with her in her personal quarters of irontown and they're developing you know lighter and lighter weapons uh, for the women who, who run the forge, who are all uh, brothel workers oh, brothel, yeah. that she has rescued from this town and giving them, you know, given them uh, a life and a meaning right outside of, of that life. And, and so there's a lot to admire about that character, but she is hell bent on this idea that, you know, the forest doesn't belong to the gods. The world belongs to man. Mm-hmm. and she's just unyielding in that pursuit so you don't get these two dimensional bad guys that you know it's there's no sauron it's not mm-hmm. the dark lord it is two opposing agendas butting up against each other and you know i you see people you see characters make mistakes or you see characters acting against you know what common sense would be because of their own motivations, but you don't, there's not a, a bad guy, you know, and the whole thing feels tragic in that way. That, yeah. It, you know, like our main character, you think, you see, oh, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be this way. You know, maybe if everybody could just take a step back, there'd be some way where we could all get along. Mm-hmm. Um and, and it doesn't feel naive in this film I think we see that sometimes and a lot of times the movies aimed at kids and it's just like, it's a little naive in this too is the sense that even the gods are like look this is these forces that are changing we're not gonna you know man isn't gonna stop plundering the forest it's just not gonna happen even if we kill these and and so there's something very sad also in this movie, too, that you feel like the old way is getting killed off, right? Mm-hmm. And the forest god is really weird. Like, the forest spirit is really weird. It's really weird looking. It's sort of the great of life I and felt, death. You know? Yeah. yeah. It, it's And we see a number of has these sort of three-toed. They're not really hooves. They're sort of, I don't know, it's weird. But when he steps, and there's life blooms, glowing up, yeah, growing up, flows into life around him, and then flourishes, and then withers and and rots. All like it, so it's sort of each step is this sort of, yeah.
1: There's tremendously creative design of the characters in this, you know, yeah. and again, you know, this is. Um, I would not, and I'm sure there are people who who show this to their kids or give this to their kids to watch or whatever. Thinking, and again, I don't think this is. I don't think the filmmakers intended this to be a children's movie. It's it's PG-13, and there are you know heads and arms and things lobbed off. You know, yeah. in it. so um,
0: again, the, I, I the demon in the beginning is scary. I think Mm -hmm. I in. Yeah. So, so he's, he's riding through, there's some altercation going on. There's some sort of samurai mercenaries that are raiding a township or something. It's, we don't know who the two sides are, Mm -hmm. but you know, one side is villagers and the other side is samurai. And he's just passing through, but, you know, he gets kind of tangled up in it. They people start shooting arrows at him and he's like, let me pass, you know, some samurai sort of fall in and start chasing him and his right arm, which is the infected arm, you know, it'll sort of writhe and swell. And, and he takes out an arrow and, and it's clear that the strength of this demon arm, he shoots it. And there's a samurai holding his, uh, his sword above his head with both hands and the the arrow takes both of his arms off at the forearm so yeah. it's cartoony but it's also not I mm-hmm. mean it's this is not a boy cartoon it's not mm-hmm. played like that but it's not we've seen some anime where there's just this sort of Bukkake of blood right mm-hmm. it's not that either it's no it's fairly um it's fairly bloodless in that way. There's not a gratuitous gore. Mm-hmm. But then another guy's coming. There's two other guys chasing him across a ridge, and he takes out another arrow and shoots it, and it's this impossibly long shot. And we just see the arrow going in the distance, and it literally takes one of the guy's heads off. That his, was... His head I thought sort that of flies was a really cool air. scene. Yeah. And then and the the guy's headless body then slumps and falls off his horse, and the, and his companion, you know balks and wheels his horse around and retreats and so it has impact as a scene you go damn you know Mm -hmm. but but you don't go
1: oh oh, oh, yeah it's not that
0: kind of thing no
1: and since you've seen this a few times i wondered um so you know he they continually through the movie will show his arm where he's been infected by the demonic yeah stuff And, you know, it's going to spread through his body or whatever. So in that scene, when, you know, he's shooting the arrow and then they show his arm and, you know, there'll be times where it's kind of like the stuff is like writhing through his arm or whatever. And so, like you said, he's he's making these impossible shots. So was the the demon stuff was was that guiding him? Like, was that helping him with his because that's how I kind of took it with that, but I wasn't sure if I was correct in that.
0: You know, it's not explicitly explained. Uh, I I think my interpretation of it is that sort of this... They keep saying, oh, it's a demon. It's a, it's a demon. And it, it's more like, in my mind, this corruption that mm-hmm. is the fury and the hatred overcomes them. And we see this with one of the boar gods later as all of his, uh he's got a herd of boars that follow him, and as they are killed off in a giant final battle, you know, he's wounded and he's become blinded with his rage, and we see him sort of transforming into a similar demonic thing, and I think those writhing sort of, worm-like things that start to come out of people infected by this are just a, a way of visually describing being overcome with this, you mm-hmm. know, like the dark side. So it's yeah. not helping him. It's just giving him this kind of inhuman strength. Right. In that arm and aim, you know. Yeah. But what is he using it for? He's using it to kill. Yeah. And he doesn't do a lot of killing. He he goes way out of his way to avoid uh, hurting other people. He's mm-hmm. always trying to break up fights. But in that scene early on, you know, you don't know if he was going to shoot a warning shot or what, but he ends up taking, he's he's basically defending himself. But it, yeah, it, he does kill other people with that power. And I to me, I think he interprets it as, oh, this is, this corruption is going to, it's going to affect all of us, right? If we if we give into this, we'll all just become this "quote unquote" demons, and mm-hmm. it'll be the end of everything. You know, the we we just have to avoid giving into it. Yeah, you know, and it passes from person when I mean, you literally in the film when you come into contact with it, it seems to sort of infect you in that way, right? But. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's just my interpretation of it. I, again, it's a little bit confusing, and a lot of this movie doesn't explain itself. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's another thing I actually like in it. I kind of love the mystery. I think the first time I saw it, I hungered for explanations, like, "What was that about?" And now I'm like, "I don't know." They don't know. Doesn't really matter. The people in the movie don't know. You know, this is just gods and demons and mysteries and you know everybody's just trying to get by everybody's got their own set of goals that they're trying to make happen right and when they don't understand something it's a god or a demon right
1: yeah um like you i loved the elk i I thought it was just a great and i kept worrying all through the movie that they were going to kill kill it and uh so, you know, it, it gets, gets shot with an arrow and limps around for a while, which is, is upsetting. You know, you watch it and it's, it's, uh, you're upset about the, you know, the elk.
0: Um, it's shot in the haunches with an arrow and it's, it's limping. It can't run, it can't walk very good. And he's like, you know, head that way. That way is, you know, away from danger. I will come back and find you and the elk won't leave him. Right. Right, he keeps trying to leave the elk behind for its own safety, and the elk just keeps. Yeah. So finally, he goes back and gets it. You know, he yeah. realizes it won't abandon him. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. So I yeah, mean, I don't. That's a, we. I we we covered it. Um. So what do you? I mean, I I would recommend it for the reasons why I thought. To suggest that we discuss it, but mm-hmm. would you not recommend it because you think it was a little too weird well so
1: i i think it depends on like i I had lunch with a friend today and his um girlfriend's daughter is way into anime and uh he doesn't really know much of it she's like a senior in high school and is way into anime and I said, you know, and he doesn't really know much about anime. And I was like, oh, do you know what she likes? And he's like, I don't know. And I said that we were watching this and he was like, oh, is that the one about the big floating house? And I was like, no. You know, that's, uh, I forget what the title of that one How, is. Howl's Moving, How's Moving Castle. Castle, yeah. Which I haven't seen that one either. But uh, uh, but I told, I mentioned Akira to him and Perfect Blue. You know, there were two that I really like. And he hadn't, he hadn't even heard of Akira. Um, so I think you know people who who are not into in not into anime I don't think maybe you know this would do a whole lot for mm. them uh and you know, I guess maybe it depends on if you you know how much you like fantasy in general, but I'm just thinking of people that I know who are just like, I don't like anime i don't I think if you know if you tried to show this to them, they'd just be like, I didn't really get it, but uh and on the other hand, um I would think people who are into anime have probably seen this because this is one of, you know, viewed as one of the greats, but if you like anime and you or if you just I would say people who appreciate traditional animation um it's definitely wa- worth watching again just because it's so beautiful. Um, you know, and maybe the story will connect with you better than than it did with me, but um so it's definitely not that I would not recommend it. I just think Um, people who like animation, if, if you've not seen this before, it's,
0: it's definitely worth checking out. Um, just kind of general audiences. I, I don't know. It's hard to be fair. It is hard to recommend a movie that even I admit you probably need to watch more than once. Yeah. And if that first viewing leaves you feeling kind of confused and out to sea, or like it didn't get a hooks in you, then why would you watch it again? I don't remember what spurred me to watch it again. I think I saw the first time I was so struck by the visuals that I thought maybe that's worth, you know, another look a couple hmm. of years later. And then it kind of came back to me as I was watching it and I picked up on other stuff that I hadn't noticed and, you know... But if you go, oh, you got to watch this movie, but you got to watch it more than once. It's, that's that's a big ask. Right? Yeah, so, it, that's true. I mean, uh, I'm glad we watched it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because I'd always wanted to see it. And I don't think it wasn't quite what I thought. I don't know what I thought it was going to be, but it wasn't quite what I what I yeah. thought it was. I don't, I don't know.
0: Um, it's very much not a, a children's movie. Uh yeah. These two, the two leads are. I mean, would you say they're teenagers? Would you say he's like, I'm like seventeen or eighteen? Yeah, seventeen, eighteen. Right? They're not children, but they're yeah. also young. Um,
1: Excuse me, sorry.
0: And and they do fall in love, but it's not a romance, right? And it's well because she thinks she's a wolf.
1: <laughs> you yes. Know? So you know that makes it. And yes. yeah, at the end, I thought it's a you know it's a little sad because you. It's a happy ending in that, um, you know, he. It's like she's gonna go back to the forest and he's gonna go back to where he's from, and but he says you'll, you know, we'll come and we'll come and visit you often. You know,
0: he's gonna go, go help ahead. them rebuild Iron Town, which right. is utterly destroyed in the you know cataclysmic ending, and she's gonna go back to the woods where she's lived her whole life, and he says I'll. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'll come to the woods and visit She'll you. Go often. back and be a wolf yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't know where that's going to go. Yeah. It, um, uh, it didn't
1: seem like it was going to be a romance exactly. You know, um,
0: I don't know. But it's very much not a children's movie. Like no. I don't think spirited away is really a children's movie either, but it is suitable for children. It's about a child. The protagonist of spirited away is, excuse me a little girl you know mm-hmm. sort of grade school age little girl um we watched that with uh, our kids when they were there yeah i was age. gonna
1: ask if you because i know they you know it. your daughter's into dungeons and dragons like have has she
0: seen this I've been, I tried to get her to watch it with me and she's just always, when she's, when it's her screen time, she likes to chat with her friends and stuff. She's like, I will watch it with you, just not now. And I got that three or four times. And so I'm like, well, I got, I, you know, I have to talk about it on the podcast, so I'm going to watch it.
1: Not to get off on a tangent, but our, cause I, you know, I don't have kids and I'm not around kids often. So I just don't know. Our kids... Like your daughter's age, are they into movies the way we were when we were kids? Where it's just like they watch movies all the time and talk about them all the time. And
0: I think it depends on the kid. Uh, my my like my her and her is, friends. Or are they? My guess is it's a lot more YouTubey and TikToky. It's okay. a lot more short format. It's a lot more user created. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, but we watch the Disney stuff when it comes out. Like we watched, um, you know uh, in Kanto when that came out, okay. we watched that. And so we like watching animated stuff together and all of the Pixar stuff. Um, she's, there's a Dungeons and Dragons movie coming out in March with Chris Pine and, you know, some, some, and, and the trailers make it look fun. And I, I showed her that trailer cause she's very, and she's into D and D. She has a group that she plays D and D every week with. And, um, She's really excited, so we're gonna go to the movie theater and have a daddy daughter movie day. Yeah, I. It sounds silly, but it's it's really one of the reasons I wanted to have children. I, was like, was, yeah, I can watch. I could can...
1: go take them to movies. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, I've thought my about son that before,
0: is not but... into it. My son doesn't like being in a dark theater full of people, and it's too yeah. loud and it's sensory overload. And but my daughter does like it. So
1: I was in walmart yesterday and i'm going down the like in one of the uh, you know i'm going down not one of the aisles but like the main thing and out in the they had a display dungeons and dragons stuff and so i like next to the toys and i walked down in there they have toys for the new movie and then they have to, do you remember the cartoon the dungeons and dragons cartoon when sure we were kids? way do back when that? yeah They've made action figures of those. No kidding. And I looked at it and I was like, I was almost like I might have to buy this. They're twenty five dollars though, a piece for, for a figure. Yeah, they're sick. They're Hasbro six inch figures and they're twenty five bucks. I was just like, that's a lot because I, I, I thought if these were ten dollars, I, I think I would just buy these. That's a just nostalgia have them, buy you know. right
0: there. Yeah so but yeah, they have like the that goes the, way back they have the
1: whoever the, the the bow and arrow guy and they have the girl who was the acrobat Ranger. yeah and they have the little boy with uh whatever he is like the donkey or whatever um yeah. but and then there's the bad guy too but they didn't have they didn't have and the dungeon master they didn't have it there yeah um but it was just like, man, these these are. I, I thought, wow, I wish these would have existed when I was a kid because these are pretty awesome.
0: You know, they've they've made whatever. I guess it's I guess it's Dungeons and Dragons. TSR. I don't know still who owns that property. They have made films in the past. Yeah, that really haven't done much. No, um, but at least watching the trailer, this going the A list route. It looks like they spent time writing uh, a fun script. It's, of course, it's full of CGI. It's dragons, and but they've got classic, you know, there's a mimic, there's a gelatinous cube. There's all kinds of, like, the classic, you know, Monster Manual 1 monsters in it. And Chris Pine is a bard, and there's a druid and a barbarian, and I guess there's a paladin, I didn't recognize the actor that played. Anyway, it, it, the trailer makes it look like it's going to be fun. I I, I think like I, if you after the Lord of the Rings, if you owned a property like Dungeons and Dragons, it seems like y- y- you could make good popular movies. There's an audience for fantasy now, clearly considering just the audience make for them good.
1: considering the audience for fantasy with Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones and the popularity of Dungeons and Dragons, it seems like a no-brainer, you know, if they can get it right. Yeah.
0: Now, you you had, you went and saw the new film Okay. Infinity Pool. Yeah, I went to see Infinity
1: Pool, which it's David Cronenberg's son, and I can't think of what his, give me just one second just to look, because uh, I can never remember what his first name is. Um, so Infinity Pool, it is directed by Brandon Cronenberg. So David Cronenberg's son, and it stars Alexander Skarsgård and, um, Mia Goth. And it is, so I went to see it in the theater cause I was shocked that in our little town it was playing. I went on a weeknight that on your birthday. F- on my, I went on my birthday. Yeah, it was my birthday present to myself. Went by myself because I I knew I wasn't gonna be able to talk any like I showed the trailer to my sister and she's like yeah I don't want to see that and which I knew I was like I don't think you're gonna be into this but so wasn't anybody that I could wrangle into going and was like okay it's fine to go to a movie by yourself every once in a while there were three other people in the theater there was a couple and a one guy and and I was I thought nobody is going to just stumble into this movie at random so they were people there to see the movie they didn't make a peep at any time or get their phones out or anything. So it was one of the best movie going experiences I've had in a long time. But anyway, the movie is insane. For anybody, if you've seen the trailer, it's so, so Brandon Cronenberg did a, uh, he's done two other films, but one that we covered is called Possessor, which we both really liked. Um, And I don't really want to give anything away with this other than to say that there's cloning involved with it so it's it's somewhat like possessor it's kind of a sci-fi horror thing um and it is i mean i i can't recall seeing a stranger movie in the theater it's really really out there um visually i mean he is he's a visionary director. I mean, I think there's no, I mean, going back, I don't know how much you remember about possessor, but I mean, I don't know that, you know, you've seen too many movies like that. And so he continues some of that. um, And I was really on board with it for two thirds of the movie and the final act, it gets somewhat repetitive and I, I didn't love the ending. So it, I'm glad I saw it. Um, you know, it it was a fun movie going experience by myself and, uh, just a crazy, crazy film. And I, you know, even though you liked possessor, I don't know. It'd be fun when it comes out on streaming to cover it. I'm, I'm just, I'm not sure what you would think about this one. This one's a lot more, there's a lot more of a brutality to this one than there was with possessor. I mean, it's real. So this was, um, initially an NC-17 and they cut it down to R. Um, and I I can't imagine, like, uh, I don't think there was too much that they cut because this was, I mean, it's pretty gnarly, you know? So.
0: Doesn't but, really uh, sound like my cup of tea.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it gets pretty, pretty, I mean, this is more horror than, than the other, than Possessor was. I felt like Possessor was a lot more sci-fi, but. It's pretty this was pretty graphic. Huh. Um and that gets to be that kind of got to me over time. I I just can't say too much without without spoiling it. But yeah. you know, it's I mean it's
0: worth seeing if you're into really weird stuff, you know. I saw somebody but, on Facebook saying that the the movie in actuality is so much stranger than even yes. the admittedly very strange trailer yes. makes it he's like you see the trailer, you think, Oh, okay, this one's gonna be nuts. And then that does not prepare you for how bonkers crazy the movie actually I is. I would to totally you. agree with it.
1: And it's not the trailer makes it seem scary with these bizarre masks. It's not a scary movie. I mean, it's 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 horrific, but it's not frightening. Um but it's just you know
0: it's horrific in that the, the things that happen to people and the things yes. that people do to other people I, you know that, yeah I'm 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 good you can just yeah, tell me you can spoil it for me later and yeah I'll tell you about fine. it I'll tell you about it later because it's I, I the premise of it is
1: great and they they kind of get away from the premise and you know it's it's a lot of it's and we've kind of you know I don't know if this is uh um uh, you know something that's going on in society but it's kind of like what we saw the menu a few weeks ago where Mm -hmm. that was a commentary this this is even though it's a very very different film it's kind of a commentary on basically like bad rich people because this is basically rich people that have figured out a way that they can basically do anything that they want to and get away with it, you know, kill people and do all kinds of horrible things and and face no consequences about it. So, but it's interesting.
0: Yeah. But I'll tell you about it sometime, you know, off my, yeah. Time. Well, why don't, why don't we wrap up this episode? Do you have a sense of what you want to do for next time? So I had kind of pitched to you and then I actually, when
1: I finished Princess Mononoke, I checked, and this movie is actually on HBO Max. So it's one that we could, I always like stuff that we don't have to pay extra for. Um, the Faculty from 1998,
0: which I is... I remember that film. I didn't see it. I haven't seen it, but I remember when that came out and that was being promoted. It is
1: basically, I don't think this is giving anything away
0: to say that it is a...
1: A 90s spin on uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That's more or less what it is. So it has a really good cast. Okay. It's a fun movie. I think you'd enjoy it.
0: So for next time, we're going to do The Faculty. Why don't you check that out? If you have HBO, there it is. Um, We're going to do that next time. Chris and Chris Talk Movies at gmail.com is our handle. We're on the socials. Maybe you're watching this on YouTube. Maybe you're listening to it on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us. Like and subscribe. Shoot us a comment or a suggestion. Uh, Don't be a stranger. Um, And uh, yeah, for next time, we will do 1998, you said. 98, yes. 98's The Faculty. Um, Great. Uh, Unless you have anything else you would like to add, sir.
1: I think that is everything.
0: We will sign off as we usually do by saying that we will talk to you next week.